KFI AM at 640. Bill Handel here on a Saturday morning. Coming up right after the show is Leo Laporte, the tech guy. That's from 11 to 2. Uh, he's on today and tomorrow. And then from 2 to 5 o'clock, it is uh, the one and only Neil Saavedra. How many times did we go out to lunch this last week? Once. Only once. Usually we go out to lunch a couple of times. And uh, we, uh, we, had, we had Chinese food with Chinese waiters. And it was uh, very good. By the way, that's the question I asked. Do Chinese waiters make food at a Chinese restaurant taste better? I would argue yes. I would. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Okay, here is a terrific story out of Huntington Beach, a local beach community here in Southern California. And what uh, happened was uh, that the city sued him. Okay? What he did is he wrote a gun control initiative. And this was right after the Las Vegas massacre. And a few weeks later, he submitted the intent to circulate the petition to the city clerk's office. Now, by law, they have to accept it, of course. And to gauge interest, what he did is pay a mailing company... $1,300 to send 2,000 copies of his petition to registered voters. And it really simply said uh, we should have a law or it proposes a law requiring all semi-automatic and automatic guns and rifles to be turned over to the city of Huntington Beach Police Department, which, of course, is probably unconstitutional on its face. And uh, he needs about 12,000 signatures for the measure to appear on the ballot coming up in November. He collected around 600 out of 12,000. That's fine. But the city had to deal with it. I mean, there's no way around it. So, of course, that died very quickly. And what uh, he hoped to see after coming vacation is a mailbox full of these petitions, right, signatures. He didn't get that. He actually found 50 responses and then a few messages like, eat poo, snowflake. There were a lot of those. So here's what the city did. They sued him, saying that the initiative that he filed was unlawfully wasteful and expended tax do- taxpayer dollars to verify the signature or the signatures, which they have to do. Once a petition is submitted, then the city or the county or the state, depending on whether it's a ballot initiative or city initiative, that has to be verified. And it's up to the governmental entity to verify it, be it state, be it the county. And they obviously spend money. So they're suing him saying uh, you've submitted a petition that or submitted a ballot measure that's unconstitutional on its face. Therefore, what we had to do. We're entitled to get our money back. Because we, the law says we have to verify. Well, that's the problem they're going to have. The law says they have to verify. And they don't know whether it's unconstitutional or not. It's a court that makes that determination. So they're not going to win. He is going to prevail in that lawsuit. Didn't get very far in uh, the petition, incidentally. All right, let's take some phone calls. Hey, Eugene, you're up. Welcome. Hey, yes. How are you doing? Go ahead. Eugene, 
here's how it works. Can you hear me? You, yeah, you ask can you hear me. me. Yes, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can. All right, go ahead. Okay, so the difference between personal injury, workers' comp, and forget the wrongful termination, but there was an accident from behind uh, in a company vehicle, and the question is, is how does the difference between the soft tissue damage from the personal injury and the workers' compensation work if the company's sending you to their loyal uh, you know, care facility? Yes. Okay. Patricia, welcome. You're up. Hi. Um, I am going through a divorce, and I happen to marry a jerk that has never worked. And he got an inheritance, so I know that's out. But do you think there's anything else I could do to get some kind of support from him? Well, how, how long have you been married, Patricia? Uh, seven years. And uh, have you, has he supported you for seven years? No, he has not supported me at all. He worked about a year. That's a problem. That is a problem. Yeah. He, he'll never work again. Yeah, that is, uh, that's a problem. Uh, now, you can argue. Well, I didn't know how you can argue because that's his money. It's not earned uh, income. Uh, now, nah, from what I understand, uh, that's it's not going to happen. He happens to not work, has never worked. You've supported him. Uh, you want to hear something really wonderful? He has a case against you for support. I know. That's what I've been told. Yeah. So uh, you, you did marry the wrong guy, unfortunately. How big an inheritance right. did you get? How much? How much? How big of an inheritance did he get? Well, he got fifty thousand, but he only gets four thousand every six months. So how do you live on that if he'll never work again? How, what? How do you live on eight thousand dollars a year? Because he lives with his sister and she buys everything. Well, <laughs> okay. I mean, that's uh, yeah, yeah. You married the wrong guy. That's it. I sure did. Yeah, you Thank sure you. did. Goodbye. No case. God, I love that. Is that Amex? Amox? How do you pronounce that? It's Amax. Amax yeah, is close. It's my, rock, it's my rock and roll name. Of course it is, Amax. Already this call is going to go south. All right. What can I do for you? <laughs> well, I bought a new car. I got a lease, swindled into a lease, but they told me it's the close-in lease, so my mileage isn't going to matter if I want to buy the car after three years. Anyways, I uh, had it for about uh, a little less than a month or so already and then i get some in the mail from the bank that says they want to change the terms of the lease and i think it's to do with the buyback price yeah well just uh, it's an easy one you say no we have a lease That's we have I a signed do. contract what now what do you want to do about it you want to change your contract in the middle of the contract no thank you that's what i'm doing i'm heading in right now to, to go see him and uh you know i'm just like they can't do that right right yeah say no so, thank you okay yeah they they have a uh, – all it says throughout the whole lease is if I change my mind, sorry, Charlie. Right. No, I understand yeah. that. No, you're fine. I mean, they can't do that in the middle of a lease unless the lease says we have the right to uh, change the terms anytime we want. I don't think so. Charlie. Hi, Bill. Yes, sir. You're up. Okay. My question is uh, I have a buddy who I grew up with, and he got uh, into some uh, debts from some bad uh, gambling debts from his bookie. And uh, before the goons uh, came out to uh, get him, he groveled to his sisters. They lent him the money to pay his debts off, and uh, their dad passed away. So my question is, um, are the two sisters um, legally bound uh, to get their money from the sale of the house? Well, wait, wait, wait. I, I don't get it. Are they legally bound to get the money from the sale of the house? I mean, they're entitled to it, but I don't understand how that connects 
with uh, the uh, the brother who borrowed money from them. I don't understand the connection there. Well, I was just wondering because he is in debt to his two sisters. Yeah, no, I understand that. So uh, he owes them the money. What does that do with the, the house? I have no idea how they connect. But- yeah, that was, that was my question. If they are, can they legally get the money that he owes them from the sale of the house? Only no. They have, they have to sue him for it. That's that's what Yeah, it has nothing to do. No, they can't do it out of escrow. They can't do it from the sale of the house. They have to get a judgment against them. They have to sue him for it. How much money are we talking about? Oh, I'd say probably... Um, probably $30,000. $30, they should have let him get beaten up by the goons. <laughs> That's not too hard. It really isn't. This is Handle on the Law. You watch me bleed until I can't breathe. This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Welcome back to Handle on the Law Marginal Legal Advice. Ted, welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah, I have a question about a homeowners association. I moved into my home six weeks ago it's controlled by a homeowners association we have a standard fence that runs at the back of all the buildings of all the the units and i just got a memo from my board that i need to repair my back fence i talked to my neighbor and he said that over six months ago he had turned in a complaint to the board that the back fence needed to be repaired so now i'm getting the order mm-hmm. to repair it. Yes. My question is, who's liable? The you. The board for drop, dropping the ball? No, you are. The homeowner did not have to disclose to me that he... Yeah, I don't know. You know that there was a, how much is it going to cost to repair it? I'm going to have to probably pay about $1,800. Yeah, I mean, you can, tr- you, know, you can go ahead and try to sue the homeowner on that. And what what would what would my claim be that he eighteen hundred dollars? Yeah, that he uh, he didn't tell you about a repair, and uh, that in fact uh, it was there. He had been ordered to do it, and he just ignored it. On the other hand, what does your deed say? Does it say uh, the escrow? Is it as is? Are they, is it a uh, is it a war- is it a warranty deed? What kind of deed is it? Well, I don't know. I have to look it up in my file. Okay. Uh, is it a grant deed? Uh, and so is it a quit claim deed? Uh, it, it's it well probably not if you bought it through escrow. But the point is, uh, it's uh, you know the argument is he should have disclosed, and the other argument is that you should have found out. Okay, so it's your homeowner- it's your job to do it's your job to do an inspection, not mine. He's going to say right, right. But the homeowners association has no call in this. No, I don't think so. No. All right. No, I think it's just you. Hello, David. You're up. Yes, well, hi. How are you? Yes, sir. Welcome to Handle on the Line. You don't even care. Go ahead. I do care. Well, I don't care. I, I don't care that you care. Bill. I listen to you every day going to work. Great. I, I, you know, I don't care that you care. That's even better. All right. Uh, what can I do for you, David? Well, what happened about two years ago, I was leasing a house, and we had to move out because it was a uh, situation where there was a mold problem. So it was so bad, we had to move out of the house for 30 days because of the remediation process involved. According to my lease, it says um, if there's any damage in the house, we're entitled to abatement of the rent, which yes. is $100 a day. I paid $3,100 a month for rent. Um, I have two baby boys, five and four. At the time, they were um, three and two. The situation was I couldn't find anything comparable to um, move to, so I had to find uh, Oakwood 
for about two hundred fifty dollars a day. Mm, I see. So I'd like, you'd like to know. You'd like to get the difference, and uh, I'd sue him for the difference. Say, even though a uh, hundred dollars a day, uh, that was what we we anticipated uh, that it could cost, and in fact, that wasn't available at all. Now, the argument, of course, is going to be. Uh, gee, you agreed to $100 a day, and you could have found out, you could have negotiated, and your argument is, who the hell negotiates that? Who the hell finds out beforehand how much it's going to cost to uh, rent a place? I'd go for the whole thing. Also, yeah, uh, but, yeah I'd go for And also, don't forget, yeah, of course. There, and I'd also... the code? I can tell the small claims. I don't know. I don't know the code. I don't know the code. You can look it up. That's not hard to look up. Also, up? Uh, a portion of your... Huh? I'm sorry? How do you look it up? How do you look up the yeah, you put up leases, you put up mold uh, remediation, uh, you can just throw in all the all the words you can think of, and something also will come up. And you put in uh, statutes, put up uh, abatement statutes, put in, yeah, you can do all kinds of stuff to, to look it up. Uh, and the other thing is you're also, uh, you can pick up the amount of money that you spent on food, or at least a good part of it, because you had to eat out, right? No, no, Oakwood. So, no, uh, Oakwood is one of those places. We had our own kitchen. Right, you had your own kitchen. So, yeah, I agree. That's uh, I would do we that. We had to put the dog into a, into a kennel. All right, that's damage. Thing. That's damage. All of that is damage. Okay. And uh, for them to say, gee, you said $100, so there's two issues there. Number one, this is what you agreed to. Number two, this is what it actually costs, and no one could anticipate this. And as a matter of fact, I would go beyond that and said, you knew it was going to cost more. We didn't. That was the argument that I would make. Hi, Cindy. Bill. Yes. Hello? Yes. Yes, I have a question. My parents has given me and my three sisters each 10 acres of land, and they put it in the, in the daughter's names because one was going through a divorce. I want to give it to my husband for Christmas. How do I do that? All right. Um, hold on a minute. Uh, the property is not in your name or it is in your name? It is only in my name. Oh, then you just do a quick claim deed over to your husband. I just do a quick claim. Yeah, yeah. All you do is, yeah, Cindy, you are uh, a married woman uh, with um, uh, this piece of property, a sole and separate property, and you simply transfer it to your husband as his sole and separate property. You can do that. Perfect. Wait, wait, wait. Why do you want to give it to him when he turns around and two minutes later he dumps you and has now uh, (laughs) 10 acres of property? Is it worth anything? Yeah, it is, but uh, we've been married 32 years. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I'm sure he's got a 22-year-old girlfriend out there someplace. Oh, well, I'll, I'll think about it, but it's a great Christmas gift, and he loves the property. It All doesn't right. mean a lot. And what is, he, what is he going to do with it, Cindy? He wants to build stuff there to, like, just hang out and All right. have a so why, cave. so why don't you transfer it to both of you? Is that better legally, you think? Well, here, yeah, I think it's legally because you can allow them to build there. I mean, seriously, let's say it does fall apart. It's not like it hasn't fallen apart before. Why wouldn't you both own it? Okay. Everything everything okay. else you guys own together. So why would you give them a, a piece of property separate from you? Absolutely. Okay, so transfer to both our names. Right. Okay, you transfer it as, from you as a, as a married woman. Uh, sole and separate property to both of you in joint tenancy. That way you can go, honey, I just put your name on it, and here you go. You own half the property, you own all the property, and it's all yours when I die. Okay. Lovely. I okay. never even thought of that. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, much better idea. Jeez, I want to give it to him. You know, what are the chances? Oh, can you imagine for me to give my wife? Uh, <laughs> please. Wouldn't, wouldn't do it at all. This is Handle on the Law. 
to uh, KFI AM 640. We're simulating talk to Handle on a Saturday morning. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Hello, Bill. Bill, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes. I have a family issue that I need legal advice on. Of course you do. I have two nephews that are squatting at my mother-in-law's house. And she is in very grave health, and we can't seem to get them out. They have. All right, that's an easy one. That's, that doesn't matter. You can stop right there. You want them out? I'll tell you how to get them out. First of all, you have to get a conservatorship over your mother-in-law. Someone has to that. file. You have that. Yes. Then, on behalf of your mother-in-law, as a conservator, you file them with an unlawful detainer action. You sue to get them out. Unlawful detainer. Is there a timeline on that? No, you can do it anytime you want. 30 days, you have to give them 30 days notice, but give them 30 days notice. Now, what happens? They have just gone in and stolen then, a that's a different that, That's a different story. Then you have to copy of a will? Yeah, well, it, wait a sec. They forged a will? They, they, forged, they, they forged a name on a will of my wife's, of her daughter's my mother-in-law's daughter, and uh, mailed it to one of the sisters to create even more havoc. But wait a second. Is, is, your, is the daughter willing to say that's not her signature? Oh, absolutely. But then that's not a problem. Then that's not a problem. That's, that's an easy one. That's not a problem. Okay. So uh, all you do is, first of all, you sue them for anything they've stolen, and uh, then you uh, have the daughter sign a statement saying that this is a forgery, Okay. And uh, you can, and I, and I don't know quite how to do that, uh, the part of uh, dealing with that will was a forgery, how to invalidate just that portion of it. I would call a uh, trust and estate lawyer and uh, buy an hour or two of time to figure this out. How much money are we talking about here? Uh, it's probably over a million dollars. Oh, yeah, that's worth it. You think that's worth it to uh, hire a lawyer for a couple thousand bucks? I would. Now, these, these two nephews have... Um, created a position for themselves as felons with grand larceny charges a while back. All right. So is, would it be better to go through probation officer? Yeah, you can do that. But at the same time, what you do is you want them off of everything. You want them out of the house. And that is an unlawful detainer. Go see a probate and a state lawyer. Uh, that's that's the easiest way of dealing with this at this point. Hello, Nancy. Hi. Hi, Handel. How are you? Yeah, go ahead. I'm fine and you don't care. Let's go on. Okay. Um, so uh, before I was married, I bought a house with my sister. And uh, after marriage, uh, my sister and I decided to refinance the house. So now uh, my name and my sister's name is on title of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my husband's name is on the loan of the house mm-hmm. and my name's on the loan of the house as well. So now, um, now my husband and I are going to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, is this house still considered separate property? Oh, yes, and- it is. Oh, Nancy, it is yours. And the only thing your husband is, is a uh, he's a borrower, and he owes money on a piece of property that isn't his. Okay. Now, what the court may do is say uh, that you have to take him off the loan, but that doesn't mean that the lender is going to have him off the loan. Oh, 
Well, I don't mind getting him off the loan. No, but, I understand, um, but do you got well let me ask you this. Do you and your sister have enough credit that you can refi the house? Um possibly, yeah. Okay, then that's the way you do it. You refi it in your okay. name, he goes off, and that's the way to make him free and clear. As to the liability, as to the ownership, it's yours and your sister's. It's that clean. Okay, that's great. So, yeah, why don't you um, wait a second? Why don't you let him still be responsible for the loan? Why would you be that nice to him? <laughs> I'm a nice person. You are. You're also dumb because uh, it's wonderful to have him owe the money on there because then you have him by the short hairs. Yeah. Yeah, I know. People don't do that. See, people are way too nice, in my opinion. Way, way, way too nice. Nick. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, I'm an author, I am an authorized user on my dad's credit card. And he passed away a couple years ago, but I continued to use and pay on the credit card. The credit card company notified me, hey, we're closing the account. We found out your dad's dead. Sorry about that. The, uh, the collection agency contacted me and said, well, you don't have to pay this out of your personal assets. We just want to collect from his estate, but my dad has no estate. Then it's over. Do I not need Really? Yeah, it's over. They can't collect after you. You don't owe the money. I, doesn't matter if you're an authorized user. It doesn't matter as long as you don't owe the money. You're an authorized user. Oh, but I use the card after it, Well, then, then let them argue that. They have to take you to court. They would have to sue you in order to make that happen. Wow. How much money is owed on that credit card? Like $6,500. Yeah, I don't know if they'd go to court on that one because it's too wobbly. You go, hey... This is my dad's card. I'm an authorized user. They're going to say, but he died. I go, it doesn't matter. I thought there was money in the estate. They can go after the estate. Which there is not. Well, but that's that's incidental to that. Okay. All right, see that. Try that and see what happens. We'll see what the credit card company does. Collection people, of course, are going to ding you like crazy, but it's always the same thing. Always. Hey, Bobby. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. The question is, is there a such law for the landlord to not have the same type of business in the same complex? No. It has no. to be, no. There's no law that says that. There, you can, there's a lease you can sign that says there'll be no competing businesses in the same complex. Okay. Another question is, I have a business in the complex, and um, there is a, you know, a similar business in the same complex, and I've been asking the landlord to remove that business from the landlord and landlord has given me like a uh, promissory notice that whenever that business uh, lease is expired he will not renew the lease all right let's say that let's say that you know the lease expires and uh, the landlord goes on and you know renew the lease yes do i have a legal right yes. to go after the landlord yes at that point you do okay. because it has to okay. do with your business he has a right to uh, put to open as many businesses as he wants. They can all compete with each other. But if there is now a written agreement, he is in breach of that agreement if he uh, goes ahead and renews the lease for that other business. And you have been damaged by his breach. And therefore, now it's just a question of dollars and cents. How much damage do you have? How much would you do? It's, and then you bring in the forensic guys. And uh, that gets to be, uh, it's expensive, but I don't know what else you would do. That's what I would do, and then sue him for those damages, too. Because my guess is, against the landlord, is it just a note, or has it uh, been drafted by an attorney? He just gave me a written notice that whenever... Put over okay, and he wrote it, and the language... He did it in writing, correct? Yes, yes. 
yes, all the right. lease is expiring on such and such date, and after that, we all right. will not so renew there's... the lease with them. Right, so there's no attorney's fees clause on that, I'm assuming. No. Okay. So uh, if he doesn't, you sue for damages. That's it. And it gets to be kind of a mess. What kind of business are you in, by the way? It's a retail. Yeah, what do you sell? It's a convenience store. I'm sorry? It's a convenience store. All right. And then there's another convenience store that opened up or is open uh, just down the hall, it right? Was, it was there prior to me. All right. Anyway. The other one was there already. Got it. Got it. Fair enough. It was prior to him. It was already there. And Okay. It's just... Uh, uh, I have no idea how any of that works. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here on a Saturday, and welcome back to Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. Uh, Jeff. Yes. Yes, sir. You're up. Welcome. Oh, okay. I just talked to somebody a minute ago. I know. You talked to the screener. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, it's about the power of attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, I've got terminal cancer. Ooh. I should have taken your call sooner. How long do you have, Jeff? Uh, oh, just about two months, but I'll be going to the hospital again. Hmm. Uh, I don't want the chemotherapy, so I'll be uh, dying. But mm-hmm. I wanted to know if my wife has the power, needs the power of attorney to, so that she could uh, not have them not put me on life support. That's called a medical directive. Right. You simply go in the hospital and you sign a medical directive giving your wife the ability to make that choice, Jeff. Okay, I could do that in the hospital. Absolutely in the hospital. When you walk in the hospital, you say, I want a medical directive. I want a no heroic measures directive, giving my wife okay. uh, the uh, the choice as to whether to pull the plug in no heroic okay. measures. Okay, that sounds wonderful. I really what kind of cancer? Uh, Jeff, what kind of cancer do you have? Well, I had a brain tumor, mm. and, they re- and they removed it, and it's growing back. Oh, I'm sorry. So, how, well, old, how, how old uh, are you, Jeff? I'm 80, oh. so I'm not really... Yeah, I mean, it's still a drag. I mean, uh, Jeff, uh, you know, it it can't be any fun, uh, you know, spending the last couple of your month, uh, your uh, two months of your life. uh, But all right. You know what? It's uh, and I I don't want to be cold and callous here, but if if you've got to go at cancer, better off at 80 than at 40. Right. All right. I said I don't feel too bad about it because I live a pretty long life. So, uh, you know, I'm considered I'm. Uh, consolidated by yeah, you know thinking, what? So. I'm going to tell you. You yeah. sound pretty cool about it. I have to tell you, you're. Uh, uh, I uh, I admire the way you're handling this. Well, All right, I appreciate your All thoughts. Right. Take care. Thank you very much for your help. My pleasure. Oh. You know, there's not even anything I can make fun of him on that one. Nothing. All I can do is say, "Wow, what a neat guy." How often does that happen? I gotta scream at the uh, screener, Brent. I don't. I don't want any more neat guys. Okay. I want to be able to humiliate people. None of this. Uh, gee, I'm dying, and you go, "Wow, are you handling it well?" Calls. Not interested. I want. I'm dying, and I don't want to die. You wuss. No. I, who can I sue? Nobody. You're a pansy about this. That's what I kind of call. I'd actually like. Uh, Zida. Zida. Hello. Zida. Hi. I have a wrongful termination. Um, question yes. or issue. Okay, um, I um, got a verbal warning for punctuality, and I was had to clock in for 
um, five months, and um, there was never an issue. And then my um, direct supervisor, she um, wrote, me up, wrote me up for a ver- uh, working from home, which was a written warning. And then when it came to my review, um, they told me I was incompetent in all areas of my areas of my position, but I was rated as an administrative assistant instead of a data coordinator. And um, is that a case for harassment and wrongful termination? No, no, no. They can fire you for whatever reason you want. The only reason, or they want, the only reason they can't fire you for effectively is race, religion, creed, that sort of thing. If they think you're incompetent, uh, Zita, if they think you're incompetent, you're gone, even if you're competent. Doesn't. Even if it's a different position? Yeah, different it doesn't matter. Time. It doesn't matter. Okay. Now, the second part of this question is on my unemployment, instead of saying I was terminated because she, the HR person used the word separated, I said I was laid off slash lack of work, and they penalized me for um, unemployment insurance. Do I have a case there? Well, against whom? The unemployment insurance. Well, insurance you can say it's a mistake. Well, you weren't laid off. You weren't laid off. You were you were fired, but you still get unemployment. The only thing they can say is firing for cause, and I don't think that's cause. And, uh, yeah, you can ask that it be changed. And how much did they penalize you? Did they deny it? No, not totally. Just five weeks out of 26 weeks. Yeah, I don't know how that works then. I have no idea. Okay, None. but it doesn't cost me anything to appeal to the board. No, absolutely not. Not a dime. And I, 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 would, I would absolutely appeal that one. Eddie! Yes. Yes. Hi. Uh, I purchased a property a few months ago, and uh, after that, that's what I do. I went through remodeling, trying to uh, sell the property, and uh, all of a sudden we got a lawsuit from someone uh, claiming to be the seller of the property, the the owner of the property, and they said that uh, someone used their name, forged their grand deed, and uh, sold the property without their knowing. Uh, apparently, a person went and 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 uh, did a forged deed. We went through escrow, title. We had the title insurance. Oh, okay. If you fine. had title insurance, fine. Just turn it over to the title insurance company. My my proper my problem is. Uh, they are only paying for what we paid for the property, and we put in another about forty, fifty thousand. All right, then you sue them for that. Then that's fine. And then you go, okay. Then I'm going to sue you. Then you sue the title insurance company. Well, unless, the title insurance says, unless, says, um, wait a sec. Unless that title insurance co- uh, policy that you bought says that the title insurance company is only liable for the sales price. I believe that's what uh, they all say, no? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what they do. I mean, they, they Then you're screwed. You what you pay for. Yeah, then I understand. <laughs> then you go after who is it that then then you go after the person that sold you the property under uh, false pretenses because they're also the ones responsible. So you may have to do that because if the title company says, "Here's what we insure," and then and, and you say, "Yes, that's fine," uh, then you've agreed to that, Eddie. We go after who again? Go after the person that sold you the property wrongly. We don't know who that is. What do you mean? Who Just sold you? The, wait a second. Someone sold you the property, Eddie. Right, right. It was an imposter. It was someone that impersonated uh, himself. Then that's who you, unfortunately, Eddie, that's unfortunately who you're going to have to sue. 
Because you got a mess on your hands. I mean, you got a mess on your hands. Right. And uh, I, you know what? I think uh, that that the the title company is going to say, "I'm only doing this." Uh, I just wanted to know this for myself. Yeah. I'm no. And I would. By the way, are you before you take my word for it, before you take my word, uh, what I would do is uh, talk to a real estate attorney. Uh, that's that's worthwhile. I'd buy an hour or two to see if you can go someplace, uh, because you know what the hell do I know about real estate? About as much I know about everything else. All right, this is Handle on the Law.